Greetings, I'm Goodness Collins. You're welcome to our Life by the Truth podcast on the law of God. Let us pray. Our Holy Father in heaven, we thank you for life. Lord, we pray that you send your Holy Spirit to interpret these holy words in our hearts. Help us to live according to your will so that we will be prepared for your soon return. Grant us the power to obey you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we left off learning that love is the basis for keeping all of God's commandments, which shows that we know Him as our Creator. We also learned that God's law does not restrict our happiness, as many people say today. Rather, it protects and guides us in the road of life. Today is part 5. The Bible says in Psalm 119 verse 96 and 97, I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all day long. Amen. Did you notice the psalmist says the law of God is exceeding broad? He said it is his meditation all day long. Let's further examine its purpose and our response to it. A story is told of a princess who had been led to believe by her subject that her beauty was unsurpassed. One day, a trader came into her village and sold her a mirror. When she looked into that mirror, she was horrified by her appearance and smashed the mirror to pieces. Do you know that the Ten Commandments of God is like a mirror? As we look into it just like the princess, we may not be pleased with what we see in our lives, but destroying the law or ignoring it does not change our condition. The Bible talked about this in James chapter 1, verse 23 to 25. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgeteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. You see, God's law is a mirror which shows the perfection of a righteous character and enables us to discern the defect in our own lives. Just imagine that one evening you return from the office. Upon examining yourself in your mirror, you notice you have carried a visible stain in your dress all day long without your awareness, especially for ladies or women who wear lipstick. What will you do? Will you carry the mirror outside and break it into pieces? No, instead you will have to undress and wash. That's what the law of God does. It points out our sin. It shows us where we are not meeting up with God's standard of right and wrong. So, do you now see why many people today, even in Christendom, are rejecting God's law? The ministers paraphrase it because they don't want their sin to be revealed. Here is the point. The law of God points out areas in our lives where we are not meeting with God's standard and gives us the reason why we need to turn away from sin because sin is the transgression of God's law. Of a truth, the law cannot give us power to overcome sin or remove guilt in our lives. No amount of good works that we do in the future will erase the sin that we have committed in the past. So, the first step in reconciliation to God is the conviction of sin. In order to see his guilt, the sinner must test his character by God's great standard of righteousness. That is from the Great Controversy 467 paragraph 3. You see, for us to see our guilt and run to Jesus, we must first examine our life and lifestyle by the law of God. As we look into the perfect law of liberty, it shows us if we have been taking the name of God in vain. It shows us if we have involved in stealing, in false witness, in idolatry, immoral behavior, if we have not been worshipping God in the right way. It tells us in every area of our life, our deportment, our words, our actions. It calls our attention in these areas. 
in James chapter 2 verse 12, we are admonished. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. So, we must conform our taste, our appetite, our passions, our motives, our desire to the great standard of righteousness. And this must begin in our heart. We shall be judged by the law of liberty. God's law, the moral, the ten commandments of God is called the law of liberty. Here is the point. Every soul who desires to depart from all iniquity will ever be laboring to be on the Lord's side in thought, in words, and in action obedient to all of God's requirements. That is from our higher calling page 134 paragraph 3. Friend, our Heavenly Father has promised in Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 to walk in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. I want Jesus to help me to will and to do of his good pleasure, to forsake every sinful lifestyle, living a life of obedience to his law in this end time. How about you, friend? May the Lord help us. Let us pray. Our Father and our God in heaven, we thank you for enlightening us again through the pages of your word. Father, we have learned again that your law points out areas of our lives where we are not doing well. Help us to see reasons why we need to run to Jesus, our great helper. I pray for my friends. Lord, please, is there anyone who is looking up to you for strength to obey you even in this end time? Father, please give us the strength. You have promised to work in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure. May this be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen. Remain blessed until we meet again next week.